Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Very happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, doing what I love, living my dreams, and not letting anybody stand in my way. Syracuse is doing the same thing right now. The team is 6-2. and two. They have not been blown out or embarrassed by anybody. Hung with Clemson in Death Valley where Clemson hasn't lost since 2016. And they also hung with Pittsburgh, longtime rival on the road, into overtime. They took those two losses and found a way to get back to two wins here in the second part of the season. The second season, so to speak, of 2018. They're 6-2. and two. They're bowl eligible. They're ranked in the top 25 in both polls for the first time in 17 years so there's a lot to talk about a lot to discuss and I can't find anybody better than somebody who I consider a friend somebody I consider a mentor a teacher and uh, and someone who I've always appreciated his words of encouragement and his positivity so it is with great praise and appreciation that I welcome him back to the show Floyd Little how are we doing today Hey, Dan, good. It was good seeing you uh, after the game. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come back. Dino is a personal friend, and uh, to get a chance to give his family a hug, his daughters and his wife, his dad, Susan, and uh, I just enjoy being a part of Syracuse's family. I'm, I'm, I'm just in my world when I'm around my friends at Syracuse. And when you when you come in and, and you get to be around everybody, I, I gotta I gotta say this before we go into uh, a few of the people is that uh, you always dress very well and and orange looks good on you, Mister Little. So you you <laughs> you got the orange shirt, you always got the suit on, you got the hat with the suit. Just bring me into uh, the style and and do you dress you? Is is Deborah helping you out a little bit? Let me know. <laughs> Man, you've known me a long time. I got to represent. I not only represent me, I represent the university that I love and that I've attended. So when I go out in public, then, you know, when you see me, you, you know, I represent Syracuse University. And uh, that's why you don't see me often in things that don't represent me or the university that I attended. And it works out for you dually because the Denver Broncos are orange and blue, so you don't lose out on that either. <laughs> Correct. We better get a window. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. That Kansas City team is pretty fierce. But so you had the opportunity to, you know, be around Dino, who, who obviously, like you said, uh, you know him and his family and, and are friends with them. And you got to be around uh, somebody who I appreciate and respect a lot too, one of your best friends, Herm Frazier. Yeah. So uh, yeah. what was it like to, to see Herm and, and see the Babers family and, and everybody this past weekend? Well, it was great. I, you know, I knew I would be coming back for the North Carolina State game. I know it's been a, a team that we have had trouble with beating. And uh, we had another guy there that used to be our offensive coordinator, George McDonald, working for him and get a chance to have him as well. But uh, coming back, it's always good to see the players. You know, I had a, a good uh, visit with uh, Dungey after the game to talk about who he is, what he is. He's a real warrior. He just can't take anything away from a guy that battles. His, his problem, I thought, early on was trying to carry everything on his shoulders. For the last seven quarters up until last week, he was struggling because he is so competitive and he wants to win in the worst way. And He just fell off of his normal way of doing things, but he sure found it back again the first part of the game against uh, North Carolina State. So he got a chance to talk to the running backs, got a chance to hug uh, Strickland and, and uh, some of the guys, uh, Chris Elmore got a chance to 
put my arms around these guys. These are guys that I think has got a lot to offer and to give to the university. Sean uh, is a good friend. He kind of reminds me of me, a good returner, a good receiver, a guy that just does everything for his team in spite of his size. He don't recognize he's only 170 pounds. He's just a football player. And they, these are the kind of guys I like uh, and watch and because uh, these are games that we're not supposed to be a part of. So I just enjoy seeing and inspiring. I talked to uh, on the sidelines. I had a chance to visit with eight uh, recruits and uh, and their and their families and their parents and uh, had a chance to talk to them individually and uh, embrace them and, and uh, to know that uh, the majority of them made a quiet commitment to me that this is where they want to be. So I'm glad I'm able to help out in any way I can. So it's just good being around. Uh, you know, I miss it. This is my family. Dan and I, I kind of miss being around them. And uh, speaking here with Floyd Little, uh, you, you made the uh, the decision to head back to Vegas. Like you said, you 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 miss you miss being around. So you know what what's kind of the plan? Will will we see you more? I know you come in for a lot of events. I know you still help out the university and John Wildhack and 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 kind of the message around the country. But what is the future hold for Floyd Little? Because you say you miss it here, but Floyd, I, I miss my guy I get to sit down with and, and just have you know a little fireside chat. So for me personally, I'm sad that you left. So can we get you back a little bit? Well, yeah, I, you know, after being gone for a year, I, I wish I hadn't left. It comes down to that. I celebrated my best friend's birthday yesterday, uh, Herm Frazier. Uh, till 11 o'clock at night. The restaurant was closed and we're still in it. <laughs> and uh, just having seen him and being around him and, and having the opportunity to celebrate his birthday yesterday, not only at the field house, but also I took him and his wife to dinner. And we sat and we, you know, watched a little bit of the Monday night game, but most of all, we, we communicated and talked about what's going on around the university and uh, I just wish that I was still a part of it in some way so uh, I travel with the chancellor from time to time to alumni functions and it just warms my heart it, it, you know I stand up and I represent Syracuse University and, and it's a prideful moment for me so I don't know what the future holds but uh, I wish I had stayed on a little longer well, hindsight being twenty twenty, and like you said, you know, you wish you had stayed. What made you leave? Did you just kind of feel like it was time to, you know, retire a little bit? I mean, what what ultimately made you make the decision? Well, I think that it was the wife who had just finished her. She was schooled out. She had got an undergraduate degree, a master's degree, and an degree in advanced studies. So the whole time I was here, she was in class and studying and. As a student, you get burned out, and she was wanting to go home. I want to go home. So a lot of the reasons why I left was because she was ready to leave, and uh, you know she's from here, parents live here, and but she, as a student, she had you know going leaving school and coming back twenty years later is very very hard. She's sitting in classrooms with eighteen, nineteen year olds. Uh, who has a hell of a lot more knowledge than she has about what she's trying to do. And she had to work twice as hard, and I understand that because I had to work twice as hard. But she was, uh, she's had it. She had bought a home in Vegas, and I want to go home. I want to go home. So 
I accommodated her and said, okay, I'll go, I'll go back to Vegas with you. And it wasn't a month before we thought, well, maybe we should have thought about this a little longer. <laughs> We're not ready to be, be retired, but, uh, it's okay. I still made the contact and still support the university, still come back many, many times for different functions and still get a chance to travel with the chancellor to meet a lot of the alums at the alumni functions and have a chance to sit with him and talk with him and talk to the people from the university and, it just, you know, I'm, I'm a Syracuse guy. That's, that's the bottom line. And, uh, I wish I, uh, I still miss being around my family. Is there a chance, Floyd, that we could get you and Deborah back? Uh, I'm sure she'll jump at it in a minute. <laughs> she would jump. Dan, you wouldn't have to ask her twice. She'd be in a sprinter stance, ready to go. <laughs> That coming from Floyd Little. Floyd, I got to talk to you about this team. You, you picked very good timing. Did you have any inkling, like you said, Syracuse has struggled against NC State at home and on the road, but did you have any inkling that this could be the moment because you picked one one heck of a time to come back to Syracuse to see this team become bowl eligible because you stood out in the crowd. You asked the fans to believe in Dino Babers. You asked them to believe in the process. And then here we are in season number three, and the team is bowl eligible, and they still have four games to go. So did you have any inkling that this could be the moment when you were coming back here to Syracuse, or did it just be, a, what was it, a, a, happy, a, a happy coincidence, so to speak? Well, it was a happy coincidence, but, you know, I communicate with uh, Coach Babers after every game. Uh, we have a text after every game to uh, talk about, what's going on and what's happened. Actually, Dan, they should be undefeated. I mean, within a minute and 30 seconds in the first game, a minute and 30 seconds in the second game that they lost, they, they were winning. I mean, in the year before, I mean, a lot of the commentators last year was talking about this team. They saw the potential in this team. And uh, we were just playing top teams in the top 25 and holding our own against LSU, Miami, North Carolina State. I mean, all the teams that we played, nobody really was hurting us. And even start this year, we played the second team ranked in the country in Clemson. Had them. Should have beat them. There's no reason why we shouldn't. Our worst game all year or all last two years was against Pittsburgh. We went in overtime. Should have beat them. Uh, but we came back against North Carolina and North Carolina State did what we had to do. This team is finding its way. We had a problem with finishing. I think now they've find, finally found a way. Not only that, we got two excellent quarterbacks. Either one of them could play. So you got a guy like uh, Tommy DeVito that's a retro freshman that's got all the skills that you would want in a quarterback. And you got a, a real talented warrior and Eric Dungey, who has been carrying this team on his shoulders, now he don't have to carry the team as much as he had in the past. So when you got that going, you got a great defensive line that we haven't had in forever. Offensive linemen keeping keeping him at hole. Dungey's only been sacked a couple of times, and that's when he's lost his, his rhythm a little bit. But uh, we're moving in the right direction. We're kind of getting rid of some of the mistakes that we made. It was a mistake when we uh, tried to block the punt. We had them where we wanted to. That could have been disastrous for us. But once all of those things get ironed out, uh, this team is going to be a team that other teams have to deal with. Uh, we got four more games to go. 
we, we, we should we should beat uh, uh, this team that we're playing this weekend. Uh, we've had problems with them last year. We played them in the rain and lost. But this is a team we should beat. Uh, Louisville is, 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 is not really been playing well this year at all. Uh, I see the last time we played Notre Dame down in New York, we had them right where we wanted them and let them get away. We're a better team now than we were when we played them down there. And uh, Boston College, I think, is the biggest challenge in the last game that we have to play. We should be Wick Forest this week. We should beat Louisville the week after. We should beat Notre Dame. I think we're going to have a little problems, as we always had in the last game of the year with Boston College. They got a dynamite runner. We stop him, we win that one. So you got a team that the minimum should be eight and eight and four, eight and two at the end of uh, this go round. So I think you know you got a team that that uh, should win eight games this year. I mean, the worst, the worst case and scenario is eight and four. Thanks. And uh, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, coming from Floyd Little, Syracuse living legend and NFL living legend as well. Floyd, the team is ranked in the top 25 in both polls for the first time in 17 years. The last time it happened was back in 2001. Now they're ranked at 22 in the AP and 24 in the coaches poll. This is something that was brought up in conversation. I brought up on the show the last couple of weeks, should they have been ranked earlier and it finally happens for them. They finally get into the rankings. What does that mean to you to know, here's Dino Babers in year three. The team is 6-2. and two. They're bowl eligible. They haven't been shut out or embarrassed in any game. They like I agree with you, very well could be 8-0. and oh. They have hung in Death Valley. They've hung on the road against Pittsburgh, which is always difficult for them. They're ranked in both polls. They are in the top three in the Atlantic Division of the ACC and still arguably, mathematically, could win that division or at least show up second. So when you look at all of those things and the defense getting better, what does it say to you? Because it's not like we're talking about one really good Syracuse moment or nugget. We're talking about seven, eight, nine of them at this point. No, exactly right, Dan. I just think and look at this team and has as it continues to grow and build and get more confident, the, the, the greatest thing is you got a, another quarterback standing in the wings waiting to step in and do some things. I really enjoyed when he got in there and moved the ball right down the field. He wasn't nervous about what he was doing. Uh, Tommy DeVito got in there and he showed the people that he's capable and he's ready to step in anytime we need him. We need that. We need that. You know, we need the receivers to continue to catch the ball. Uh, I just think that defensively, the pressure that they've been putting on quarterbacks and the sacks that they've had, it's been something that I have not seen in the Syracuse defense in the last seven or eight years. So, uh, and we continue to grow. I talked with uh, eight uh, recruits on the sideline and their parents, was, as I walked up and down, they were there, had a chance to visit with them individually. And... Uh, I would be very, very surprised if all of them didn't sign up yesterday. So, I mean, we're getting the kind of quality player we need, four, three, four, five stars. And if we continue to do that and we continue to win and we continue to show out and we continue to be competitive like we have been, we continue to throw the ball and move the ball up and down the field like we have, continue 
continue to put that many points on the board uh, against great teams, uh, you're going to have receivers and tight ends and running backs wanting to be a part of that. And it's a growth spurt that we're starting to have and uh, the, the people and the quality of people we're getting. Some of the red shirts that uh, I talked to, this that Dula Adams kid, the running back, is the kind of running back, not taking, taking anything from Moniel or Dante Strickland, but he's the, he's the kind of running back that can really uh, help put the pressure on the defense a lot more than it's being done today. So I just look at what's coming, and what's coming is quite nice. And coming from Floyd Little. Floyd, before I let you go, you were part of the task force of finding a new head coach for Syracuse while you were at Syracuse University. You and Herm Frazier going as part of this group to find the right piece, the right fit. Hindsight 2020, what did you see in Dino Babers? What did you like about him? What made you believe in him? Well, he was a coach that had done so many great things. Herm had knew him when he was in Arizona. I watched him when he was at Bowling Green. And the players that, that he had at Bowling Green uh, wasn't the quality of players that we had here. I watched him win a conference championship. Watched him go to Detroit and win a conference championship after two years coming out of Baylor. I mean, I just said that we need a guy that can communicate it has the, I had one of my friends call me and says, I've never seen a coach on the sideline have the control of his emotions as much as Dino. He said, this is this guy, after a kid you know, ran into the punter uh, and came over to the sideline, Dino was not hollering and screaming and grabbing by the face mask. He's the kind of coach that's got his emotions under control. And I've never seen that in a coach who somebody who's made a mistake like that so he's kind of got the quality and i'm telling you dan if i were a coach that would be me i would be a dino baber so i have that much respect for how he handles his players it's not just coaching them but consulting with them and teaching them he's not only a coach he's a teacher and the things that he's showing and teaching these young men are the things that I would love to have had the opportunity to do if I were a coach. But this is the thing that I did as a assistant to the athletic director. I've written 25 letters of recommendations to law school, grad school, med school for a lot of our student athletes, male and female, and all of them have gotten in. And just mentoring these young minds and young kids, or young adults, I should say, they're not kids, it's, it's been the a blessing for me and all I'm seeing is an extension of that through through Coach Babers I sit with him I talk with him we laugh we talk he always comes from around his desk and sit on the couch with me and we have a lot in common the two of us he's military background so am I and uh, he has a saber that somebody gave him I have a saber that somebody gave me he has the players that he's gotten in the pros on his wall all the names of all the players that he's had an influence in their life. It's just these kinds of little things that people don't know. <coughs> Pardon me. And that I see and I know as a guy that's been around the sport for 50 years plus, I see the kind of coach I would like to be coached by. I see the success that he's had. I see the relationship he has with his players. And I admire that, Dan. I admire how he handles himself, not only with his players, but on the, uh, during the game. So uh, 
we saw that uh, Herm and I uh, when we were interviewing him. A couple of the other guys that we were interviewed, the, the guy that's that uh, guy that's already gone out of uh, University of Florida, Florida. Uh, so Central Florida, Scott Frost. Yeah, Central Florida, Scott Frost, and the other guy that's down at uh, Maryland. He was. These are two guys we interviewed, and we didn't take either of them. Scott Frost went back to Nebraska, where we always knew he wanted to go. He was just using us as a stopping stone, stepping stone. But he wanted to be in Nebraska, and he has been struggling. I think he's won his last two games, but he lost his first three. So he's a he was one of the coaches that we looked up. But when we talked to Dino, it was just a different feel, a different you know, a different feeling uh, in the room, a different level of confidence. Not only his record spoke for itself. But uh, having a chance uh, to be a part of him and he be a part of us, we're happy that we made that choice. And in making that choice, obviously, with all the success that that Dino has had uh, this season and then you add in the wins over Virginia Tech, a top 25 team, and Clemson when they were the reigning national champion, and recruiting and the type of players that he's bringing in and the improvements that have been made and being ranked in the top 25 He's obviously going to have teams calling upon him. What does Syracuse need to do? Do you feel like Syracuse has it in place? And the and you and I spoke about when Mark Coyle was at Syracuse that it was a, a six-year plan with Dino Babers. I don't know if that adjusted or changed with John Wildhack, but what can you say about you know moving forward? Because obviously Dino is going to catch the eyes of other programs, and I would think Syracuse would be best served to to keep them home. So how do you make this happen, and and how much do you know about uh, if anything changed when when Mark Coyle had left? Well, nothing's changed. But we when we brought Dino and we gave him a six year deal. Uh, I think it's time to bring him in. When he, after the next victory, I said, what is it going to take to keep you here? Because I know there's a lot of people after him. A lot of people after him now. There's a lot of people after him last year when he was only four and eight. So, I mean, he's got the quality of what people want for their student athletes. So regardless, uh, we need to figure out what to do to say, what do you need to make you happy to stay with us? Uh, a lot longer than the next two years. I think his contract is up in two years and uh, we need to figure it out. I'm not in that room anymore. I don't have any influence anymore with anybody. But if it were me, you know, I was in the locker room after the game. And I've been in the locker room, you know, after other coaches, after Marone and, uh, and, and other coaches, I've been in the room with them. And this guy in the room after a game, it's incredible. You've seen some of it uh, after the Clemson game, after some of the other big wins. Uh, but this this was huge in the locker room. I just love his conversation with his players. And it's almost like it's rehearsed because they all fall in line and they do their little thing. And uh, I got this big smile on my face and uh, seeing the players go by, uh, going to the shower and giving them all hugs and, and congratulating them on a great win. They're a team, they're a family, and this is not, this is not like most teams. So we we have something very unique and different. We, we kneel down after after uh, the game, win a loss, and uh, 
say the Lord's Prayer and uh, thank God for our safety and uh, whatever win or lose, win or loss, and come together as a team. And we stay as a team. We stay as a family. Now he is instilled that family in his players, all of them. I mean, you know, they're not hanging around their locker and doing things with their heads down. No, they are all with eyes open, heads up, looking right at you and uh, participating in the wins and the losses. And that's very unique. couple uh, <laughs> quick things before I let you go, Floyd. Do you feel kind of going off of that, do you feel that even though this isn't Dino's home and maybe this, you know, wasn't his plan when he set out to be a coach to, to end up in upstate New York, but do you feel that this is a special place for him? Do you get the sense when you sit down and you talk with him that this could be a home to him? This could be a place to build a future. Do you see him as somebody that would want to hold on to this program for a while? What's what's kind of your 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 gut tell you when it comes to seeing him and and the potential future of him here yeah he can easily convert his kids are gone except for one who's graduated the other two are married his wife likes it here they have a good they have a feeling of being welcome so when i'm in their presence and it's not as often as i would like it to be but i'm in their presence quite a bit we have a great relationship his, his daughters call me uncle floyd so I just, I love his kids. I love his wife. Uh, I love him. And uh, I think he can find a home here uh, if we can continue to move in the direction we're moving. Yeah, I think he, he he's not antsy to be going anywhere. Uh, he made a commitment here. He's an ex-military person. His word is his mind. I don't think he's going anywhere because he's going to commit to what he said he would do, and that's build his football team. And he will bring this program back in the next couple of years. And my final question for you, Floyd, is uh, that I finally got the opportunity. I've gotten to speak with you, obviously, and and over the last uh, you know eight years, seven eight years, I uh, extremely uh, truly value our relationship. I've had the opportunity to to speak with Jim Brown, and and uh, just recently had the opportunity to speak with the man whose jersey is now in the rafters, retired number forty seven, Joe Morris. Yeah, Joe. What can you say about Joe Morris and, you know, the, the, the type of player that he is? And even though he's not part of the legend of 44, he is part of the greater legend of what I think should be called RBU, which is Syracuse University. So uh, bring me into your thoughts on Joe Morris and coming to the Dome and seeing his jersey up there. Well, Joe could have worn a number if he wanted to. It's just like Larry Zaka. They chose not to endure the kind of pressure it would take to wear that number. They didn't want. They didn't want it. But I don't want. Sure, I don't want it. Uh, I, it was put on me by by Ben. I, I didn't know I was going to wear the number. He just said, "Hey, this is your number. Good luck." <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. But no, Joe is a great runner, great player. Played with the Giants. I, I admired him forever and a day. I remember one picture we took at uh, an event that Syracuse had and Joe was sitting at the table and uh, Jim Brown was sitting at the table and I was sitting at the table and there was a picture of us with, with Joyce Hergenhan uh, who is a great uh, alum for Syracuse and, and uh, I think a trustee. And and I asked everybody, I said, what do these players, what do these people at the table have in common? And nobody knew. And I said, we're all running backs to Syracuse University. 
just like when I sent a picture to uh, Tom Coughlin, it was me, me and uh, uh, Jim Brown and Larry Zonka at the Hall of Fame last year. And I sent the picture to to to, uh, to Coughlin. I said, "Where are you? Well, we're holding a seat for you." Uh, and people said, "Well, what's the purpose of this picture?" I said, "We're on Circus Runway." And he said, "Oh, <laughs> I see. I see. You're right." I forgot that Jim Brown played at Syracuse or Larry Zonka played at Syracuse. So that's nothing to forget. <laughs> We're all Syracuse <laughs> running backs, you know. We're all in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Come on. So, yeah, I just think Joe Morris had, had a great career. He had a great uh, career here at Syracuse. He's well thought of. I was so happy to see finally see his number uh, recognized and retired. Uh, Joe is a personal friend and uh, – and I kind of like him. Uh, he and I were pretty much, I was just a little bit taller than he was. But uh, Joe was a great uh, ambassador for Syracuse University and a great running back for, for Syracuse during his time. My final piece for you, Floyd, is uh, we do a signature segment here on the show called Ingredients to Success, which is brought to you locally by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing. And in the Ingredients to Success I pick a topic every week and go forward with that in my ingredients for a successful road for that topic. Syracuse football, give me the ingredients to success for them moving forward at 6-2 and two with four more games to go and a bowl game. What are your ingredients to success, your words of advice to the team? Well, I would tell them that, uh, you know, always never say I wish I had or I should have. That's my favorite stay. I mean, you know, you got there's three kinds of people in the world: those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those that don't know what happened. Every day, you walk on the field, you don't leave until you make something happen positively. And I just keep fighting, never give up. When that one great mark comes to score against your name, it will count not who won or lost, but how you played the game. So play the game with every ounce that you have and never say, I wish I had or I should have. Just do it. Just do it. And if they take that attitude in every game and they look in each other's eyes and say, I'm going to give you all I got today, I won't let you down. That's the formula for success in any team. And that's what needs to be said. We got this. That's the greatest words I've ever heard from one of my teammates. I got this. I look at their offensive linemen, and they call a play that's assigned to me to carry. And when those guards look up at me and say, I got this. Man, that's the greatest thing that could ever happen for a running back is when your offensive line tell you, I got this. Don't worry. He won't be there when you get there. <laughs> that's a commitment. That's a commitment. So uh, I think these are the kinds of things that Dino does with his team. He huddles them up. He looks at them. And he tells them, don't worry about it. You got this. You got this. And uh, this is what's going to happen the rest of the season. They've found a way now to get to the next level. They've been talking about it. They've had the ability. They had some of the talent there. Now they got to put it all in use. When they start using a double tight end with Custis and Ravion Pierce, it's going to wreak havoc 
for a lot of the defenses. Two big, strong uh, uh, tight ends with the ability to catch the ball. It's going to be hard to stop. And as they grow and learn and get better and better every week, uh, as they prepare for the next game and the next game and the next game, I'm telling you now, they're going to surprise Notre Dame. They're going to surprise them. I know it's game by game. It's Wake Forest first. And, and that's the philosophy you should have. But when they get in New York and, and Notre Dame comes in with all their fans and they have more fans than we got, and we live in New York, and that's unfortunate. But I'm grateful for the fans that came out. Uh, that's how this should be. When I look at TV games uh, across the country, the fans are full. I mean, the stands are full. I look at the Syracuse games, the stands are not as full. Now we're six and two. Let's come on and support the team. We need that 13th man, that 12th man. We need that 12th man. Let's come out and say to our team, we got this. That coming from Floyd Little, we got this. Floyd Little, Syracuse <laughs> legend and NFL legend and a great friend. Floyd, it's always good to see you. And as you know, whenever you get five minutes to step away, you call me and I'll be there, and that is a promise. <laughs> All right, Dan. Thanks so much. All right, take care. Have a great day. You bet.